what is up av nation hope everybody's doing absolutely incredible today uh we have quite a few things to talk about some weird stuff going on uh, remains of a roman mercenary and beheaded victim were found at an ancient site in the uk uh all the way to how did the cockroaches survive the uh, dinosaur extinction so some some very interesting things to talk about to uh, today First off, we have the remains of the Roman mercenary and beheaded victim. So archaeologists have discovered the remains of a possible Roman mercenary buried with his sword and the skeleton of another Roman period man whose decapitated head lay at his feet in Wales in the United Kingdom. Uh, investigations in these two distinct burials are, going, are ongoing, as are the examination of other burials at the site which has been used by humans since the Stone Age. One spot, for instance, has hundreds of burials from two different time periods. People who lived during the early medieval, period, medieval periods, um, AD 410 to uh, 1169, chose to bury their dead within a mound that had been used as a burial ground during the Bronze Age, 2500 BC to 800 BC, the team had found. Um, so yeah, they're, they're discovering quite a bit at this site and it's dating that those dates are very far apart too, which is crazy. Uh, archeologists first discovered the site in the 1960s upon finding the remains of an iron age round houses, 800 BC to AD 43 and the Witten Lodge Roman Villa built on a farm, uh, farmstead dating to the Roman period AD 43 to 410. However, it wasn't until recently that during an archaeological survey ahead of a road construction project, archaeologists realized the sites preserved far more history. Yeah, definitely. Let me show you guys uh, the, the pictures here. Now, just so you know, uh, I do upload these videos on my YouTube channel. So if you are watching or listening to the podcast, uh, you can go to the AV Nation YouTube channel and check out this video. Uh, so yeah, this this is the the site and these are the remains that were found so pretty crazy pretty crazy um from 2017 through most of 2018 rubicon heritage excavated the site and since then has been working on a monograph or a detailed peer uh peer-reviewed description of the site in march rubicon heritage released an ebook and an online interactive map of the site known as five mile lane so they're not done discovering things. There's there's going to be a lot more discoveries at this site. So we'll we'll try to keep updated with what's going on here. I'm sure they're going to find some other crazy stuff. I mean, to find the remains of a Roman mercenary and the beheaded victim at his feet, that's just, that's wild to me. Uh, so next up here, we have the U.S. government secret UFO program may have considered nuking the moon. Newly released reports reveal. So the U.S. government's now defunct Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, also known as the AA TIP, spent millions of taxpayer dollars to reach bizarre uh, to research bizarre experimental technology such as invisibility cloaks. <laughs> invisibility cloaks. Imagine that would be something else. Uh, Anti gravity devices. Tra uh, traversable wormholes and a proposal to tunnel through the moon with nuclear explosives why would you want to tunnel through the moon are, are we just trying to see what's at the core of the moon or 
Uh, the documents, which include nearly 1,600 pages of reports, proposals, contracts, and meeting notes, reveal some of the stranger priorities of the ATIP, a secretive Department uh, of Defense program that ran from 2007 to 2012, but only became known to the public in 2017 when the program's former director resigned from the Pentagon. That's crazy. Uh, that year, ATIP became anonymous with UFOs, thanks to several now infamous videos of unidentified aircraft moving in seemingly, seemingly impossible ways that former director Luis Elizondo leaked to the press after his resignation. Yo, shout out to him. <laughs> shout out to him for releasing supposedly real footage of UFOs. Uh, but the new document suggests ATIP was up to more than just investigating. Pause this. More than just investigating reported UFO encounters, the entire cache of 51 documents obtained by Vice via a Freedom of Information Act. Okay, so this is the when, when they started leaking everything about the UFOs. Uh, request filed four years ago can be read here. Wow. Perhaps most intriguing among the documents are several dozen defense intelligence referring uh, reference documents which discuss the viability of various advanced technologies. This can, uh, collection includes reports on traversable wormholes, stargates, and negative energy, high-frequency gravitational wave communications, warp drive, dark energy, and the manipulation of extra dimensions. Wow. And many other topics that will sound familiar to fans of science fiction. So we're trying to figure out how the heck these things work. Uh, high frequency gravitational wave communications and uh, dark energy. That's going to be how uh, we're going to get in trouble with that, in my opinion. But <laughs> uh, manipulation of extra dimensions. So. The manipulation of extra dimensions. Do you guys think that we're already able to to manipulate some of these different dimensions? And how far advanced do you think these things are? Because I know that they have released the documents, but I mean that doesn't mean that we know exactly how advanced and how far we've gotten with these these certain technologies. Uh, many of the reports, uh, other reports do not shy away from bold, sometimes outlandish proposals for realizing advanced technologies in a report. Negative mass propulsion. Others oh, propose a plan to look for extremely lightweight metals in the center of the moon, 100,000 100, times lighter than steel, but still the strength of steel. Wow. Okay. So the reason that they wanted to nuke the moon was to get to the center so that we could uh, look for lightweight metals. Interesting. Of course, the U.S. has not nuked the moon, really. Okay, well, I didn't notice that. Um, and people still think the moon landing is fake. you got to be joking. So, it looks like we were trying to nuke the moon so that we could find some lightweight metals. Interesting. Next up, <laughs> put this on screen here. We have the origin of the unicorn. Where did the myth come from? So, the unicorn is one of the most famous mythical creatures, often depicted as a white horse with a spiraling horn erupting from its forehead. It's not hard to imagine a horse with a horn, and for much of the mythical creature's history, people thought it actually existed, but where did the myth come from? So, it looks like it says here, unicorn-like imagery dates back to the Indus Valley Civilization, about 3300 BC to 1300 BC in South Asia, 
which included parts of modern-day Afghanistan, Pakistan, and India. A side profile of what looks like a horse with a single horn appears on seals from that time period. Uh, however, these images were likely depictions of Aroch, Arox, something like that. A now extinct wild ox, according to the St. Neots Museum in England. I mean, that would make sense, right? Uh, oxes do look very different from horses, but uh, then again, it's not like they were Picasso paintings. So we can't we can't get a, a great depiction of what they're actually talking about. Uh, written Chinese descriptions of an Asian unicorn date as far back as around 2700 BC, according to the American uh, Museum of Natural History in New York. Wow. The first recorded mention of unicorns in Western literature came in the 4th century BC. Uh, Statius, a doctor and historian, wrote down tales from Indian travelers and described horse-sized wild asses. <laughs> horse-sized wild asses. With the white bodies, blue eyes, red heads, and multicolored horn about one and a half feet long. Okay, I, I thought they were going to say the horse is a, a foot and a half tall. Uh, time reported in 2008. Uh, stasis, I, hopefully I'm saying that right. Unicorn was likely based on descriptions of multiple animals such as wild asses and Indian rhinos. So wild asses as in donkeys. Um, at least that's what I'm assuming. Wow, okay. Italian explorer Marco Polo found unicorn stories didn't quite match up to reality when he traveled through Asia and saw what he thought was a unicorn for the first time in the 13th century. Marco Polo found a unicorn. Okay, this is interesting. Uh, an account detailed in The Travels of Marco Polo, Penguin Classics, 1958. They, uh, they delight in living in mire and in mud, he wrote. It is a hideous beast to look at and in no way like what we think and say in our countries. So he could have he found a rhino. I mean, honestly, rhinos are not the, the prettiest looking animals. Oxes are not the prettiest looking animals. Um, so that, that could be possible. Uh, oh, it's talking about narwhals now here. A 2004 study published in European Journal of Archaeology noted that narwhals were largely unknown in Europe in the Middle Ages, although some people hunted them and acquired their tusks. The unicorn is well known in medieval pictorial and written culture, particularly in the 14th and 15th century, whilst in the absence of narwhals from Western European art and, th uh, and thought it striking. The study's author wrote, while narwhals actually existed, most people hadn't heard of them, so the tusks help reinforce tales of mythical uni uh, unicorns, which weren't real, but were commonly believed in. Okay. So, uh, it looks like they use narwhal, uh, narwhal horns, tusks, whatever you want to call them, to say that unicorns were real. Common belief among Europeans that unicorns actually existed waned by the 18th century, according to St. Neot's Museum. After all, no one was able to find a real animal that matched the unicorn's description. Okay. So, unicorns are a myth. Narwhals are not. People need to stop the whole, the whole narwhals are not real thing, because they obviously are. There's documentaries and videos on them. Uh, there's no documentaries and videos of unicorns, but... All right. Next up, we have a bloated alien creature that washed ashore in Australia, possibly identified. 
alien warning. Let's watch this little video here. See if it get these headphones on. All right, I was just going for my morning walk on the beach and um, I've stumbled across something weird. This is like one of those things you see when people claim that they found aliens. Look at it. How weird is that? Oh, I think I remember. Yo, and so, it's head is Yeah, there it is. <laughs> like, what's I don't know. Or the skin off the head. There. Looks like Everything. a D-head possum. Yeah. But different to anything I've seen. Extraterrestrial. <laughs> Immediately extraterrestrial. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is, that is pretty a, a strange looking creature. It really does look like a possum without, without the hair, but, um, let me see if there's an actual picture of it before we start reading. No. So just from the video, uh, again, if you want to see it, it's on the YouTube channel, AV nation. Okay, so a weirdly bloated creature whose head has been defleshed and body looks more like a swollen, discolored beast of myth than anything real washed up on an Australian beach last week. And though it's anybody's guess, the identity of the stranded corpse experts contacted by Live Science have some ideas. Uh, Alex Tan of Australia has taken a stroll, so he's the one that found it. In the video's comments, users speculate that the creature could be anything from a possum to a dehydrated kangaroo. I don't know. The the limbs look like they're the same length. So I don't I don't know about that. Uh, and of course an alien. Yep. Wilder guesses on social media include mini chupacabra <laughs> or an extinct marsupial. We need to look into that. Let's dive into the chupacabra. That'll probably be up next. Um let's see. Russell Bicknell, a marine biologist at the University of New England in Australia, told Live Science that he thinks it is either a kangaroo or a wallaby. Okay, a wallaby would make sense. Whatever it is, he said, is very waterlogged, likely having been washed out to sea during recent flooding in the area. Okay, that makes sense. Recent flooding in the area, animals get washed out, they come back in, maybe, uh, you know, it got destroyed by something in the water ended up uh, arriving back on shore and was eaten by other animals. And it, it looked like just the head. The whole body is intact. The head is literally just the, the skeletal remains. So, um, yeah, it says, I'd say it's a bushtail possum that has lost all its fur. Sandy Inglesby, a mammology collection manager at the Australian Museum, told Lab Science in an email. Okay, but it does look, I mean, it does look kind of, uh, kind of alien to me. I don't know. But again, it does look like an animal that just lost its head. All right. Lastly, we have, how did the cockroaches survive the dino killing asteroid strike? When the rock now known as the Chicxulub impact i'm probably saying that wrong i apologize chicxulub impactor plummeted from outer space and slammed into the earth 66 million years ago cockroaches were there the impact caused a massive earthquake and scientists think it also triggered volcanic eruptions thousands of miles from the impact site three quarters of plants and animals on earth died including all dinosaurs except for some species that were ancestors of today's birds so all non-avian or 
you know, most dinosaurs died, including some non-avian, but uh, some of the non-avian did exist beyond that. How could roaches a couple of inches long survive when so many powerful animals went extinct? It turns out that they were nicely equipped to live through a meteoric catastrophe. If you've seen a cockroach, you've probably noticed that their bodies are very flat. Yep. This is not an accident. Flatter insects can squeeze. I thought it, like a flattering insect. No, flatter insects can squeeze themselves into tighter uh, places. This enables them to hide practically anywhere, and it may have helped them survive the Chicxulub impact. Okay. When the meteor struck, temperatures on Earth's surface skyrocketed. Many animals had nowhere to flee, but roaches could take shelter in tiny soil crevices, which provide excellent protection from heat. The meteor's impact triggered a cascade of effects. It kicked up so much dust that the sky darkened. As the sun dimmed, temperatures plunged, and conditions became very wintry around the globe. With little sunlight, surviving plants struggled to grow, and many other organisms that relied on those plants went hungry. Not cockroaches, <laughs> not cockroaches though. Unlike some insects uh, that prefer to eat one specific plant, cockroaches are omnivorous scavengers. This means they will eat most foods that come from animals or plants, as well as cardboard. Wow. Some kinds of clothing and even poop. Nice. Gotta throw that one in there. Having appetites that aren't picky has allowed cockroaches to survive lean times since the Chicxulub extinction and other natural disasters. Another helpful trait is that cockroaches lay their eggs in little protective cases. These egg cartons look like dried beans and are called uthke, uthke which means egg, egg cases. Like phone cases, uthke are hard and protect their contents from physical damage and other threats such as flooding and drought. Some cockroaches may have waited out part of the Chicxulub catastrophe from the comfort of their uthke. Okay, so some of the cockroaches may not have even been born yet, <laughs> and they ended up surviving it, so damn. Uh, modern cockroaches are little survivors that can live just about anywhere on land from the heat of the tropics to some of the coldest parts of the globe. Scientists estimate that there are over 4,000 cockroach species. Jesus. Um, as long as I see all insects, beautiful six-legged, uh, inspirations. Cockroaches have already overcome odds that were too great for dinosaurs. If another meteor hit the earth, I'd be more worried for humans than caught. Well, obviously. I mean, that's just common sense. Common sense. So it looks like the cockroaches were able to survive because they could fit in little tiny cracks. They, uh, were able to lay eggs and the eggs are, are safe from the elements, which is, which is pretty crazy to think about. So yeah, that is it. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, please follow it and uh, don't forget to subscribe on the YouTube channel. Catch you guys in the next podcast, next video. Peace out. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please drop that sub. And uh, if you don't want to see my, my beautiful face, you can go ahead and check out the podcast on Spotify. Link is down in the description below.